0: Welcome to Rick Radio Community News Desk, episode 29. I'm Mick Handley. Later on, our local history presenter, Tora Kelly, speaks with Dave Reddy, a local community broadcasting veteran, and to Brian Green, a pirate radio expert, broadcaster, and archivist, about pirate and community radio in Ringsend area many years ago. But first, I'm delighted to be joined by Des Foley uh, from MABS, the local MABS office in uh, South Dublin Central. Des, you're very welcome to the podcast here this morning. Um, I suppose, first and foremost, um, MABS, M A B S. What does MABS stand for? For for people who perhaps don't know.
1: Of course, yeah. So, MABS is the Money Advice and Budgeting Service. And uh, what we do is we we help anyone really who's in financial difficulty, Um, certainly people who are over indebted or find themselves uh, in a position where they they have debts they can't afford to pay or they're struggling to pay that can be utilities it can be day to day budgeting you know just not managing your money or you know having debts that they're struggling to pay back so um, we're open to everyone um, anyone who's in financial difficulty at all can avail off the MAP service. And, of course, the 60 branches, I think, uh, all around. Nationwide, uh, yeah. Nationwide at that. But for
0: Dublin uh, South Central, you're based in Lombard Street. So we're sorry. on Lombard Street, yeah. And does that cover a specific area for people if they want to go to you? Uh,
1: yeah, anyone in, well, we, we primarily, w- originally we always would have covered Dublin 2, 4 and 6. So we we, yeah. we, we used to have uh, an outreach or do an outreach in, up as far as Rathmines as well. So certainly that's the immediate area that we do absolutely cover. Now, we've a bit of a wider Remit as well at the moment um, with the service, but certainly, you know, anyone in in the local area can come into us, and we'd, be, we'd welcome anyone and be happy to see anyone dropping into us. Even you know, um, we would normally be in a, an appointment only service. Now people can walk in because we're on Lombard Street, but um, we will take their details um, and we will get an appointment organised for someone who just decides maybe they just want to drop in and have a chat with us or get some information. Just, pass just passing, yeah, like just just to yeah, yeah. see and make an inquiry. So so there's no problem doing that.
0: I suppose, there's uh, the current situation that we're in at the moment, you must see yeah. it firsthand because, Absolutely. you know, all we see in the news is uh, there's a crisis out there for people. Yeah. Um, a money crisis in many many ways. Bills are getting uh, dearer and dearer all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, fuel is getting dearer. We're coming into the winter. Yeah. And I suppose that's going to be a tough time for for people too.
1: It is. It is. And uh, a lot of the utility companies, I'm sure people might be aware where um, a lot of the utility companies are offering um, help to their own customers, you know, and, and we in MABS um, have been able to establish or help establish kind of uh, funds that the utility companies have put forward. Some of that's been through MABS kind of maybe lobbying them or, or, or looking for them to to help customers uh, who are maybe more vulnerable customers and people who are on lower incomes or social welfare payments, for example. So anyone who comes to us, uh, you know, with the utility bill, we have options there for them. We can help them with payment plans, payment arrangements. We can help them with pay page go meters getting installed. We can, you know, we can contact the utilities on their behalf. And as I say, there are funds that some of the utility companies have set up to help people who are in hardship and we can apply for them through Mab. So um, so we'd say to people, you know, anyone who is worried about a high bill or the, the, the increased cost of managing their bills, especially utilities, especially coming into the winter, you know, do drop in, do come into us if, if you're struggling or if you have a bill that you're finding it difficult to pay.
0: Because I'm sure for a lot of people, the, the first thing that comes to them is the shock. You know, Absolutely. We, we, we've seen yeah. 35, 40 yeah, percent increase then yeah. going up again. And, and perhaps they just uh, Frozen in many yeah. ways, I would say yeah. that they yeah. don't realise. Oh, I have only X amount of uh, money. Exactly. What am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, some people will probably hide, would they? Uh, and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, some are, people would, would or, probably. What's your
1: advice to them? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, people and a natural reaction would be, if, you know, would be to probably just put the bill to one side and say, look, I'll deal with that later, or, or I'll see how I can manage that. Um, what we would say to people is, don't, you know, don't don't hide the bill away or, or don't bury the head. You know, we would we would always say, look, you know, come and talk to us if if you're worried, if you're not sure, if you do have a bill, for example, that you feel um, you know you might struggle with or isn't sustainable, uh, come and talk to us. We can talk to the utility company, as I say, on, on the customer's behalf. And there are plans, there are options. We can help get a payment plan, perhaps set up for somebody who might be in a situation like that. But we certainly say, don't ignore the issue. You know, whatever the bill is, it doesn't matter if it's if it's a credit card, if it's a loan, you know, a utility bill, whatever it is. If if you're you know struggling with it or you're worried about it um don't don't um ignore it. We would say come and talk to, to us and uh, come and make an appointment and, and sit down with ourselves.
0: Is that written off at times or, or is in it some, usually just a plan put in place?
1: Normally, it's a plan. And like I say, with, with those hardship funds I was mentioning there with the utilities, um, the, the, the utility companies themselves are applying um, basically a credit to the customer's account um, for, for a certain amount or a specific amount. And, and we can apply um, for that. Um, Write offs can happen in certain Certain situations, certain circumstances, depending, um, there is now in in Ireland. Um, it, in, we we do have an insol- insolvency arrangements. There is the Insolvency Service of Ireland who are who are there. Um, Mabs can apply for insolvency uh, arrangements on behalf of clients uh, who are in particular circumstances who may be eligible Um, there is something called a debt relief notice for example under the insolvency legislation Uh, we can apply for that on behalf of clients who are eligible for it and there's a number of different kind of eligibility criteria Um, but that would that would be a kind of a write-off for someone who has a debt that they really can't afford to pay now you have to be in particular circumstances for that but like I say write-offs don't happen generally um, too often but we would always and depending on the the, on the on the customer situation uh, we would always be looking for the best available kind of result you know for somebody who is in difficulty so whatever that may be um you know we would do our best if there's a possibility of of looking for a write-off and we have done that uh, we would do it for for customers for clients and for service.
0: yeah i know you said at the the, the start there that it, this is a, a free service open to everybody we are i'm, ju- I'm just wondering is it open to uh, companies as well as individuals
1: well not so much companies because we we would deal with business debt insofar as say dealing with sole traders and people who um who's who's whose business debts maybe have become personal debts or are personal debts because they might be a sole trader like a, a plumber or an electrician or a taxi mm-hmm. driver for example or whatever uh, businesses we, we wouldn't tend to deal with although we can advise people who come to us and we do have people coming to us let's say who would be directors maybe or who would have mm-hmm. be involved in a limited company um, we'd be able to give them advice as far as we can but we're not experts really in, in that mm-hmm. area but we may be able to signpost them as they say or uh, move them on to another organisation that might be able to to assist them
0: Sole traders are okay sole traders are absolutely okay yeah, because yeah. they're as far as Individual, we're concerned. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah.
1: they're people who are working pretty much, um, where their their debt you know is a personal debt by and large. Really, you know, absolutely.
0: Um, I'm just wondering too. We've 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 spoken about the utilities going up as well. Yeah. At the same time mortgage rates have gone up again yeah. and this is something that hasn't uh, haven't gone up in, in many many years so yeah. again yeah. double whammy
1: yeah absolutely and again to say to people you know don't don't ignore that and and if you're you know if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or you're not too sure if you're going to be able to afford those payments when they go up um absolutely come and talk to us i mean certainly anyone who's i mean don't you don't only have to be in arrears i would say as well to come to MABS or behind in your payments you can yeah. come to MABS before that even happens and we would say to people the sooner you come to us, the better, you know, and and uh, there's never a wrong time as, as such anyway. But certainly it helps if, if you come to us um, sooner rather than later and, and don't delay with, with, with things. But, yeah, certainly, again, I mean, with mortgage rates, if someone is struggling, we can, we can talk to the lender on their behalf. We can see. I mean, there are... Um, yeah, and, and there have been for for quite a long time with things like mortgage arrears resolution process and things like that that are in place. I know for for people who are maybe have in danger of falling into arrears or already are. And um, so there are again, there there are options for people. There is help. And we would say, look, you know, come and talk to us sooner rather than later. Um, and we can always if, if needs be, uh, we can talk to the lender uh on behalf of a client as well but certainly we can even just come in and someone can come in and talk to us and get advice from us directly as i say if they just want a bit of a steer or they're not too sure or they're or they're feeling a little bit sort of overwhelmed
0: yeah i was going to say it's it's not just all about the bad stuff it's well. the plenty of, stuff. plenty of good stuff because i'm looking at your website you also have managing money uh, and money tools as well can we you do, just explain yeah. a little bit about the, the money tools because i'm sure Absolutely. you don't have to be in debt as you say no, it's no. A, an opportunity for you to to manage what money you have
1: absolutely and, and par, part of our work uh, I mean we are the money advice and budgeting service uh, the, the mm. clue is in the title as well so we do help people with day-to-day budgeting with managing their own finances uh, day-to-day with keeping on top of um, organising their, their finances their income and their expenditures. so that's a large part of what MABS was set up to do initially anyway um, on our website yeah we there's a lot of information on the maps.ie Mavs. um is the website there's a lot of information up there and um, Uh, the tools that you mentioned so there is a thing called a a budgeting tool um, which allows people to put in their own figures and do a budget basically online for themselves it's a step-by-step kind of process or guide on the website when you go through it it'll take you through each of the relevant sections so it's very simple very easy to understand you don't have to be a whiz you know with computers or or anything like that so um, and it allows you to save down your information once you have put it all in but it'll basically show you based on the figures you put but in your income your expenses um, it'll kind of show you where you're at really financially and mm-hmm. then you know what, your, what steps you may need to take or what you might need to do and there are, there are plenty of leaflets and, and um, documents and things up on the website that you can read and print off and download um, even on how to budget and various other uh, topics as well you know debt related or financial related topics so it's a great resource the website um, and it's updated a lot it's updated all the time so uh, it's worth having a look there as well even just to get an overview um, and, and there's pointers even on the website for someone who maybe might be thinking maybe I need to do a little bit or look at my finances maybe I'm not in difficulty yet so the website is a very good port of call for someone who just wants to get an overview maybe of well, what, what do I need to do or what steps do might I need to take
0: Indeed um, you mentioned it's a free service so how is MABS funded?
1: Yeah, well, we're we're absolutely free. Um, we're we're a free, confidential, non-judgmental service, as we as we say. The funding uh, does come where we MABS is under the remit of the Citizens Information Board, um, so we we are now under their umbrella, and they people may know they've got all the Citizens Information Centres and uh, for people to get uh, information from as well. So the the funding is still one hundred percent uh, taxpayers, hundred percent government funding, and it comes to MABS through that, uh, citizens information board. So they would be, you know, they would be overseeing the funding that comes through to us, but for, for people, uh, you know, coming to us, it's, it's, it's a free service. So there's no charge, uh, for our service. And, um, and we're open our offices across the country will be open kind of normal business hours Nine through to five, Monday to Friday yeah, yeah, yeah Monday to yeah, Friday, Friday as well
0: but well. also as well as having your offices your outreach as well you come out to the community and with that in mind Des uh, you will be arriving here in Ringsend from uh, Tuesday the 20th of September
1: absolutely yes so um, we have done outreaches before we were in Ringsend uh, previously a number of years ago we have we we, we did have a, 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 um, an outreach in Rathmines as well which I mentioned earlier and we had that for a number of years so yeah we're coming we're coming back really the last obviously with lockdown with with covid um, our office was closed for some time um, so things like outreach just kind of went really by by the wayside Um, and we're keen to kind of maybe get that back open again because we see ourselves very much as a local service, as a community based service which we are very definitely where where we're positioned in, in Lombard Street um, so we will have a um, an outreach here every Tuesday as you say we're going to go from 10am to 12pm from the 20th and we'll see how that goes, there is flexibility obviously to extend those hours if, if we need to but I think we're going to start with that um, so we'll be here and people can make an appointment, we would prefer people to make an appointment to come and see us um, um, here, because it's a it's a short enough space of time and uh, we want to if we do have inc- people um, you know making inquiries we want to make sure that we that we kind of get to anyone who is interested exactly, in yeah. coming in so we, we don't want somebody knocking on the door who might have to be told uh, we, we've no time to see you or you may have to wait come back mm. in an hour or whatever the case may be so um, so we say to people to contact us um, to make an appointment in, in advance to see us here in the community centre I can give you the number as well for people Please, uh, to yeah, call yeah. so it's, it's it's 818 07 So I'll say that again. It's 818 7 That's for our office on Lombard Street. So um, people can ring that number and um, they'll be able to make an appointment then if they say they want to see somebody in the Ringsend Community Centre.
0: Lovely. And uh, this is going to be ongoing. It's not just Tuesday, the 20th of September. Uh, it's going to be every 10 week. And twelve. It's going to be every week. Every
1: week, yeah. And like I say, you know, We'll we'll gauge how that's gone uh, over the period, but um, initially that's 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 the, the the time scale anyway. You know
0: what's your advice? Finally, dads and suppose for people that you know are worrying, you know, and and there's no doubt there is worry out. There. Absolutely, you, you just see it in the papers the whole time, or on news or whatever. What what would your advice for people who feel kind of I suppose frozen very much by? Yeah debt that they have
1: absolutely Uh, well again like i said earlier i'd say look don't don't panic you know uh, there is help there are supports there are things that you can do and there are things that can be done so i would say to anybody certainly um talk to maps come and see us drop in make a call um make an appointment to see and sit down with somebody if you're in any way worried don't ignore any issue that you have don't ignore any bill overdue bill bill that's due um as we said you don't have to be in trouble already so you don't have to be in difficulty if you're worried at all if you feel with everything going the way it is as a possibility i could fall behind ring us at that stage come and talk to us and we'll see what we can do to help
0: There's foley from uh, mabs uh, in dublin south central thanks a lot for joining us today thanks very much mick you're listening to rick radio's community news desk podcast yes you are listening to rick radio now many years ago before licensing came about in this country part of radio was all the go in fact, it has to be said that radio stations, as we know it today, came about because of pirate of radio stations being broadcast. Recently, our local history presenter, Tora Kelly, caught up with Dave Reddy, a local community radio veteran, and Brian Green, a pirate radio expert and broadcaster, to discuss pirate and community radio in the Ringsend-Irish
2: area a few years back. David, do you want to tell me a little bit about your your own background in, in radio? I guess. Yeah, well,
3: uh, I'm from uh, Sandymant uh, all my life. I've <laughs> lived in the same house, so I'm, I know the area pretty well. Uh, I was always interested in radio as, as a listener. And then when uh, I grew up a bit more, uh, listening to the, the pop music Luxembourg at night. And then in the uh, mid-60s, uh, Radio Caroline came on the scene so we now had uh, daytime pop music rather than just having to wait for the sun to go down so we could hear,
2: hear Luxembourg mm-hmm. uh, What was the, the huge appeal of, of those major pirates at, those, at that time?
3: Uh, well, uh, there was not really, it uh, was just young fella music Mm -hmm. and that was it and then in the our own scene here in Ireland uh, in the I suppose around about the 1970s mid 70s uh, a few pop stations started popping up popping up around uh, the Dublin area and I got to know uh, the owner and runner of one of these and that was a a guy called Billy Eberle Uh, and the station was out in Docky and they used to come on the air every uh, Friday night and then uh, broadcast for a few hours before any officials uh, turned up (laughs) and turned everything off again. And uh, then uh, Billy turned up when the real pirate scene started in that he was an absolute wizard at uh, making medium wave and later FM transmitters and he would have put the original uh, Radio Dublin transmitter, then Big D, then uh, Kilkenny, uh, Carousel, and I'm sure more, but they're the ones that would immediately come to mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that was Billy's contribution. He he got everybody heard, Mm -hmm. and a very good quality signal uh, with all his work and very good audio.
2: Mm-hmm. and was there a like was that a social phenomenon the, the pirates at the time was it something you spoke about say in, in the classroom or among your friends group or was it simply something that you know you listened to in your in your bedroom in an evening
3: yeah well these were daytime mm-hmm. the, you know oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, we, yeah. we now had a, a, so it was like uh, I suppose you know you could ring up for requests and all that sort of thing and the uh, DJs etc were, were talking about places and people that you know whereas uh, RTE uh, by its nature has to cover for everybody so mm-hmm. the Dublin scene would have been quite you know a small contribution but that's 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 what they were there for so it was uh, local radio was beginning to happen and it was great it was very exciting and then the station that I became involved with uh, would have been ARD uh when my uh first born John in 1979, uh, arrived, uh, I actually, on the way to work out at the back of Dublin Airport, I would pass ARD's studio uh, up there at the top of Mount Joy Square in Belvedere Place and uh, at that stage I knew a couple of people in there just to talk to uh, over the phone Uh, There would have been um, Mike Moran who later became uh, Mike Maloney on uh, several stations and uh so anyway i said right i i could give you a dig out uh if anybody wants to take requests and things like that and messages uh on the breakfast show i, I could be here at uh maybe quarter past half past seven on the way to work because because i was up anyway john made sure i was up <laughs> <laughs> so that was agreed and uh the first morning i went in i was meant to be helping ean dempsey mm-hmm. but when i arrived in there was no ean dempsey because ean <laughs> And others had just been taken on by two of them. And in Ian's place was a young fellow called Tony Garrett, who then eventually reappeared uh, as Garrett O'Callaghan and is still broadcasting away. So it was, it was great fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We, we might bring that story up a bit later to yeah. the, to the uh, I guess, the days of community radio yes, locally. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if I can just turn to you for a moment, Brian. I mean, radio has been a presence in in your life pretty much all your life. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about the significance, I suppose, to you of local radio and of radio personally to, to you and what it's meant to you throughout your life?
4: It's meant a huge amount. So particularly the, the pirate scene of that era because it was so damn exciting. And I was over in Bayside and across the water from Ring's End would flicker the signals (laughs) uh, because the water would carry medium wave signals much, much better. The salt water is famous for for bringing it over. And FM in foggy conditions can be quite well brought over the, the water. So everything that was happening over here, I was hearing not too far away in Bayside. And as a young person tuning around the dial, it was just a kaleidoscope of interesting things from the far afield. Uh, Transworld Radio, Radio Luxembourg the Soviet bloc were coming in on medium wave Sweden was on on 1179 kilohertz Mm -hmm. just down from Radio Dublin and they had DX radio programs, Sweden calling DXers Mm -hmm. George Wood, this was kind of the calling card for the radio enthusiasts to tune in and listen to the technology and the happenings of the industry on an international scale, it was the internet before the internet, mhm
2: yeah. Do you think there was, you know, it, it was more rewarding than the internet in some ways, and that you had to do a lot of the work yourself to actually, to actually you know, get these signals into your, into your house?
4: I think, in a way, the internet is too much for any one human to consume if you ever went into mm-hmm. a library and got dismayed by the fact that you won't be able to read all those <laughs> books that's what the internet is the radio dial from its uh, inception with frequencies and its change over to cities names like Leon and mm-hmm. Hilverson and that's so evocative
2: wasn't it to see that on the dial yeah. it yet?
4: was but, but it was consumable by any one human mm-hmm. you could spend a night going up half the dial and another night going up the other half of the dial and he had covered much of what you could get in at your location for that time of year, at that time of night. Uh, but it was enough entertainment and different sources of foreign language and foreign countries broadcasting in English, uh, mainly, at very high power during the Cold War. And this was my youth. This was the the time you would have been broadcasting with ARG. Uh It was very exciting and people who could do the transmitter stuff and set up community radio stations here in this area were just like little mark zuckerbergs of the day but they were local they weren't in california Doing it for the whole world. They were here in Ringsend and Donnybrook and around. They had the, I think, it was it yourself that set up the Community Broadcasting Cooperative and working with other people? You kind of moved it around from Community Week to Community Week.
3: Yeah, that's the way It, it, it There was no plan at all, just it happened in that the uh, original one was a Radio Sandyman. And mm-hmm. how that came about was. Uh, There was going to be Community Week in Sanymed for the first time ever (laughs) and uh, one of the organisers, uh, Michael McAuliffe, uh, knew I was involved in the radio and he listened to ARD himself and he said, uh, could you maybe get them to come out and and do a bit of uh, tape a few things and maybe give the whole thing a bit of a plug. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I talked to the owners of uh, ARD, which would have been uh, Don Moore, Dave C, and Paul uh, Murphy at that stage. And uh, we went to one better in that, uh, like all good organisations, there was a spare transmitter just in case uninvited guests or there was a meltdown, a meltdown of some <laughs> sort. There was a spare transmitter. Uh, so they said, uh, right? That's what we could do. Why not bring it to uh, Sanument itself and uh, run it that way? Uh, so, uh, Peter Gibney, the uh, wizard, uh, he set it all up, and the gas thing is the actual particular premises uh, that uh, it was in on Sanument Green at that stage was a solicitor's office. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <Make> matters even <laughs> better. It is now uh, Brown's Restaurant. Uh, so, off we went. Uh,
2: I'm sorry, Dave. Well, what period are we talking about Oh, here? sorry.
3: 1982. 82,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, 82.
3: And then uh, what followed on from that uh, was that the uh, sorry I, for for broadcasting staff as they say like i knew some of the lads in uh, ARD and others and uh they came out and did a, a program such like a, a couple of new people the broadcasting became involved because they, they said let's go down have a have a look-see at this and uh Two that became national names uh, after us would have been Doug Murray, Electric Eddie and uh, Suzanne Duffy who had just recently moved to Dublin from Sligo. Mm they came and did, did programmes during the community week and great success and their careers went on that way. And then also the, the gentleman of Dublin Four who does not need a transmitter to broadcast and that was Charlie Sheen, one of the local uh, postmen, was fantastic. And then others that would have been on board would have been Victor Ryan, uh, Aidan Leonard, uh, who, oh Aidan, he was Aidan Stewart at that stage, um, Who's working in the tax office? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Aidan went on to be manager of uh, RT Gold. Mm-hmm and others like that. Uh, Uncle Brand, the kiddies friend, did a few programs, We now know as Mrs. Brown. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. There, was, there was a whole series of uh, events like that. It just happened, and then uh, folk down in Ringsend uh, were listening, and their community week was coming up. So, hmm, I wonder. They they came to me could be do, try and do something similar. So mm-hmm. we, we give it a lash. You you find a supremacist
2: Actually, could you just just uh, explain the concept behind the community week because it's a, something that sounds very intriguing.
3: Uh, yeah, well, the community week itself uh, was just a series of events mm-hmm. organised by the committee, uh, ranging from uh, there was a there was a fair bit of sport involved mm-hmm. in because there are such good facilities around here. Uh, uh, Sandy Mount's uh, main sporting activities took place in what's uh, Roslyn Park uh, rehab on the down the Strand Road. Mm-hmm. they've a quite a large green area there. And then, when the rings end, it was happening in Rings End Park. Mm-hmm. So there was there was a lot there. And then there was uh, various talent. Uh, competitions,
2: um, table quizzes, and things that people just mm-hmm. got involved in, and obviously the, the radio was yeah. was able to piggyback on this. Yeah, the, this the radio
3: was able to point people towards them mm-hmm. but didn't not take from anything. Mm-hmm. It was just inform people. Then of course there was uh, requests and competitions on air, and it just generally brought the whole lot together. It started at uh, ten in, in each morning, and uh, f- finished at
2: uh, seven each evening
4: a mm-hmm. bit of advertising for local businesses all
3: very, uh, yeah i very well supported
2: mm-hmm. very 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 well supported. and what, what sort of content would have been would have been broadcast during that week
3: uh, well there was it was really up to the individual presenters mm. who uh they, they, they brought their own uh, bag of records, so to speak. Uh, they had their their own style. Uh, they brought in their own various ideas. Um, but with one uh, very good gentleman who did a little bit more serious side in interviewing. Uh, Some of the local politicians and such, like like Rory Quinn, minister at the time, but it was all very interesting. Uh, gent called John Murray, who uh, eventually went on to be uh, editor of the uh, Sunday Express. Mm -hmm. So he cut his, his teeth. Uh, uh, on the, the journalistic side.
2: And was there a notable difference between, say, the the content in Sandy Mountain and Ring's End or, or a different atmosphere or any, anything notably different at all?
3: I suppose there uh, was, in that each area uh, mm-hmm. had its own characters. Mm-hmm. Like I remember well at the, the first visits to Ring's End at uh, Lyric's Murphy. Of course, yeah. yeah. Very, very, uh, you
2: would have heard in our opening theme, in fact.
3: Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, that he he was a very... Uh, popular uh, contributor and such like. But uh, another gent that uh, came in and did a few bits on uh, Radio Signament presi- despite his position in uh, another broadcasting organisation was Shea Healy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shea was great fun as well. And uh, we had uh, Christa Berg in as well. Because Christa Berg's uh, uh, good lady wife um I, I can't remember her Christian name now, but Morley is, was her surname. And she's from Johns Road, just beside uh, Sanymede Tower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Chris was in as well. And wow, it was, so it was star-studded. Uh, it, it was open door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- that's probably why it was successful. in that there was, if you wanted uh, access, come in. And as yep. long as it sounded good and entertaining but there was no uh, and we were very fortunate as well at the time in that and um, no local politicians or anything like that tried to uh, use it as a platform for anything mm-hmm. the, the ones that did speak and many did it, it was purely around the community community week itself and
2: like, absolutely it sounds like a it was very great. yeah no yeah, it sounds like yeah, a hugely yeah. enjoyable and hugely worthwhile it was, it was, form broadcast it was great fun yeah That's what it was
3: you know
4: and then at Christmas you would put on the CBC would put on snowflake with
3: yeah they? yeah a snowflake was just an idea that mm-hmm.
4: some of, but did it come from around this general location
3: uh, no a snowflake uh, was in uh, the first year was in the at one stage it was a record shop Mm-hmm. in, in, in Sinevent and uh, what is there now is there is a, uh, a shop called Nourish just beside McCall's.
2: And sorry, just to explain to people, what yeah. we're talking about is a precursor to today's Christmas FM in, in effect. Uh,
3: I suppose it was. Mm-hmm. And again, it was just purely for fun, mm-hmm. you know, because the, uh, it was different from the community because in that there wasn't actually anything major. Going on, yeah,
2: you
3: know, continues. There may be one or two things like uh, a school's Christmas concert. Oh, sorry, I should have mentioned the schools were very, very uh,
2: mm-hmm. active
3: uh, in our you know
2: fantastic Yeah, we might just pick up on that again a no. bit later but I was just going to ask you Brian that this kind of quasi legal element that it had where it would be acknowledged by you know politicians and so forth but of course this was all technically unlicensed broadcasting uh, was that to you was there a bit of a, a frisson to that uh, when you were young getting involved in it or did you just want to get out in the airwaves of
4: course because the the clandestine semi illegal is it legal is it not uh, does make it a little bit more exciting and something <laughs> as a magnet to attract you to it uh, because you might have this kind of dialogue with your parents you now, do do your homework you won't pass the intercert listening to pirate radio uh, <laughs> and I suppose it, down through the years parents have had these problems with Bebo and Facebook and now TikTok and my parents in their youth might have had it with Jimmy Savile on Radio Luxembourg in the late 50s, early 60s uh, so it's always been kind of a, a counterculture Uh, youth thing that it was playing the rock and roll of the day be it the Beatles or uh, Elvis or in the 80s I don't know uh, Duran Duran whatever was in the charts and the youth would be attracted to that in a huge way and me like many youths would be attracted to it but I wasn't really listening for the music it was more the idents the imaging Mm -hmm. the ad breaks the personalities and the presenters and the comings and goings of stations because of their nature they would fire up for two weeks in the summer over here and you'd be excited by the fact that, that here's something that wasn't there two weeks ago and it won't be here in two weeks time what is it and you know you, you get the scarcity of it itself would make it attractive
2: mm mm-hmm. Actually, something you might just both kick around for me a little bit. Like, when people think about the Pirates, they probably think about, you know, the Super Pirates and Nova and the kind of the glamour and the the pop music. But I guess what you guys were primarily involved in was that other element of broadcasting that wasn't served by you know national radio at the time which was community broadcasting what's the importance of community broadcasting do you think whoever wants to take that first
4: well I, I think there were so many of them and their importance was that they could do like today what the big guys can't do they can be local so they can be relevant right down your street right down your community and i suppose with blb and bray and uh, NDCR and Coolock and various incarnations of those stations and what was happening here with the community stations and other community Dublin community radio which would have started life down the coast from here and uh, moved into the city centre. Uh, All of these were aspiring to do what RTE could never do and RTE had a van and it drove around the country bringing you community radio from the van and they had an interest and a stake in providing that service but It often became that the local community had Orti come out, train the people, put the radio station on, was it 202 metres medium wave? Mm -hmm. And then they'd leave after their two-week, four-week stint. And then the local pirate would come on on that wave (laughs) band exactly where Orti was and then continue on for the next 40 years. That, That happened in Yall, it happened up in County Mayo, it happened across Louth. Being local was what their advantage was over RTE and over those super pirates so mm-hmm. the thing that made them quaint and interesting was that it was that local guy on the radio
2: mm-hmm. And David, the I suppose one of the one of the things about doing any kind of broadcasting or doing anything in the public sphere at all now is that you have more or less instant feedback on it. You know, people can be calling you names on the internet within within minutes of hearing it. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you get any? Well, was it harder to get feedback or to, to know how your broadcasts were being received in those days? Or you know, were, were people stopping you on the street, or were you getting letters in, or anything like that?
3: Yeah. Well, we we had a phone line uh, mm-hmm. borrowed from uh, uh, you know some premises nearby for for the duration of the community week Uh, but there were so many events on that you would meet you would meet the listeners Mm -hmm. not only where you're broadcasting you're actually meeting them as well and uh, yes people would be dropping in requests because it was open door as well, they weren't hidden Mm -hmm. away anywhere, Uh, like one year we were in the uh, front window of what is now Mario's Restaurant on Sandy McGreen so you you couldn't get any more Mm -hmm. Uh, public, if, if you know what I mean, but every no, there was no secret. And then, the another a couple of times, we were in what would have been uh, the Department of Labour's uh, FOSS uh, Community Employment Scheme, their office, uh, just up from O'Reilly's pub in uh, Sandy uh, So, and uh, in Ringsend, we were uh, above one of the shops. On Thorncastle Street,
4: and the DJs would do the teenage disco and the adult dance mm-hmm. afterwards. So mm-hmm. the yeah. DJs got rapport with their listenership <laughs> when they paid a pound yeah. to go to the hop that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so,
2: so very direct yeah. connection with the audience. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knew everybody. Uh, like one day, a great broadcaster around here uh, was Paul Doyle. Unfortunately, now deceased, and uh, his good friend. Um, uh, Dave Daly, uh, Morris Costello, uh, and they had started off the community thing long before I was really in. With, uh, along with Joe King in Grand Canal Street, they mm-hmm. had a, a, a station there. But it was not particularly uh, centered on any an event. Mm -hmm. That's what's different from what I became involved in. It just drifted into it. It wasn't the plan just drifted into it that uh, the came on the air maybe two or three days before the Community Week started, uh, promoted all the various things, and also it was very useful for getting uh, entries into the various uh, Mm -hmm. competitions and things like that that the Community Week were running, you know, between... Uh, the entries maybe channeled through the radio station or channeled through the local school or something, mm-hmm. something appropriate. So that was so it it added but didn't take from it.
2: Yeah. And how long did those broadcasts continue? Was it throughout the eighties or? Uh,
3: eighty two to eighty eight,
2: mm-hmm. and so up until the point that that the pirates effectively were, were forced off air. Well, it,
3: it, it was not actually that that's, that that mm-hmm. stopped it. It was the community weeks themselves yeah, yeah. stopped, uh, because you may remember uh, they were uh, some. Uh, dreadful uh, accidents in soccer stadiums, a fire and a mm-hmm. crush
2: Bradford, yeah, in, yeah. in the UK
3: and elsewhere and that effectively put public liability insurance beyond the reach of community groups and that's why the community weeks stopped mm-hmm. because you could not get insurance and the 88 ones only happened in this area of uh, Sandy Red Rings End and Donnybrook because the local Dublin Corporation organiser for community affairs uh, Terry Vaughan got the corporation to pay for the insurance mm-hmm. the corporation insured the three events and uh, Probably, that was a once off it
2: couldn't be repeated yeah but it's but, it left a tremendous legacy in, in the area yeah, the huge gap like mm-hmm. people still talk about it we
3: have them again. I wish we could.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe we can now, I don't know. <laughs> well, hopefully through the radio station, through the community centre here we can we can Maybe, rekindle yeah, yeah. some of that yeah, some yeah, of yeah, that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian, just I guess as we're as we're approaching the end, um what's the obviously that was one kind of high point of community broadcasting in Ireland. How how would you assess the, the status of community broadcasting today in Ireland?
4: I think it's there's 21 full-time community radio stations mm-hmm. in the Crail network. Uh, there are many other aspirant stations vying to become uh, fully-fledged broadcasters. There's another kind of undercurrent of online-only stations mm-hmm. and people who are taking hybrid approaches like this station. And I think the interest of people getting involved and wanting to advocate for themselves and have... What we know as radio, whatever that is, is it audio content? Is it transmitting on FM? Whatever it is, people want to be involved in radio. And I think that's a tremendous legacy. This is uh, August uh, 2022, and we're 100 years since the first radio advertisement was broadcast on radio in the world. And here we are hundred years later and people still want to be setting up radio stations and i think back to that period when the community weeks and fortnights were covered by radio by local people and i think would you have the internet of today would you have the facebook's if you look skyward from here and you can Mm -hmm. see some some facebook buildings would you have them come into the community and do that would they offer to do it and they don't they are more Prominent to make a political point and edit it out <laughs> if it's not suitable, they they are here in that the gentrification and the house purchases of the local area are fueled by the workers in these uh, global companies. But are they putting into the community fortnights and the civic? Uh, beauty of the area and I don't think they are now if they are I, I, I'll stand corrected but I wish they would could, could they empower the local community to advocate for themselves through digital media like uh, Dave and others did with AM and FM technology because I think it is important that's what it is that that people do use the tools available and today it's the great anti-boredom devices the smartphone not the transistor radio give people the tools to use them in a way that makes society better for where they live. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely that's a very powerful point and David just before we, we wrap up obviously as I said I, I think those broadcasts and, and those you know just the mere fact of the community weeks and the spirit that they they kind of engendered uh, left a hopefully left a, a good legacy but how did this change you i suppose what did you learn from from that experience and did it influence you know subsequent years of your life
3: well uh, i i got to know an awful lot of people that otherwise i wouldn't have known uh, from just my Living in Sandown, in that, as I mentioned, there we were here in Ringsend, we were in uh, Donnybrook, and we were in Glasnevin, and the connection with Glasnevin was one of the presenters that you may know as uh, Mike Nugent, mm-hmm. uh, and he said, "Come on, we go over to the over to this," and we did, and it was great. You know, and we were actually in a caravan outside. Uh, one of the local shops
4: with a young nails mahoney <laughs> yeah
3: exactly yeah. exactly we didn't know i didn't know all the so. laughter but uh it was that type of thing so you got to know loads of people and then um you know being as i say in this particular area i'm around the area so um know oh, i keep running into people that uh perhaps i would wouldn't have known mm-hmm. you know that i met first in, in, during the 80s uh, that was a great. Uh, so, like, uh, I can certainly walk into uh, several local uh, pubs and uh, <laughs> might meet someone. I hello. Remember those days? Oh, Could we have one back? You know? Yeah. So uh, that's what I'd love to see: is that um, that the the government uh, corporation or however uh, would. Grasp the nettle and let's have a pro- the community weeks back. Uh, because I think if, if the financial side of it could be sorted out, uh, I, I, I would not be surprised that, uh, say, in and Dunning anywhere in the city, mm-hmm. uh, we we'll give it a try.
2: Absolutely, that's something I'd Mm. I'd echo and I think something people are crying out for is that kind of sense of connection. On the
3: radio side, what I think something Brian was saying there um, that could be facilitated by uh, the authorities nowadays is to have a central FM transmitter and a central AM transmitter uh, that the various mobile or community stations for community weeks could link back to. So there's no big, uh, huge technical it's only a matter of you're plugging in a phone line or something, and you're mm-hmm. on air. And the maybe RT themselves could, or somebody could, could provide the because it would not be expensive just to cover the Dublin area. Yeah,
2: well, hopefully we'll see some movement in that direction and some movement uh, in favour of further in favour of community radio because mm. I, I think we all agree it's a it's a vital local resource. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for for joining me.
0: Uh, my thanks to Tura Kelly, Dave Reddy and Brian Green. You can listen into our local history podcast, Time Waves with Turok, each month, and we will have a new show shortly. Check out our website, uh, rick.ie. Well, that's all from the Community News Desk this week. If you have any event you would like us to promote, or just even to get in touch with us, please send an email to rickradio2020 at gmail.com. That's R I C C radio. 2020 at gmail.com. My thanks to Dylan and Zalan on sound and editing. We'll be back next Monday with more community news. From me, McCandy, have a great week.